Well, good morning again. Thank you, Children's Choir. That was beautiful. It kept it real. Um, thank you, Meredith, for putting that together for us. I know many of you are at home right now going through a routine that's not normal, and we hope this is a break from that routine and a break from the normal. We also know that uh, people are walking through life and, well, getting frustrated, right, by being together so much, trying to figure it out. I live with an elementary school principal, and uh, she spends most of her time on the commu computer uh, talking to people and emailing people. And at one point uh, this past week, she was sitting at the kitchen counter, and she was again on her computer, and she started laughing out loud. And I wondered, what's so funny this time? She said, you got to hear this. It's a website called weareteachers.com. So if I, when I'm done with this, you want to go back and look at it, you might find it to be humorous. I just wanted to share with you some of the comments that are on this website. It's, it's great. It comes from parents who are quarantined and they're trying to homeschool. And here are some of the quotes. My eight-year-old is covered in paint. My 17-year-old is not speaking to me because the pandemic is ruining her social life, and it's obviously my fault. Homeschooling day one, trying to get this kid transferred out of my class. <laughs> Another comment, I overheard my kids talking about how weird their teacher is. I'm their teacher. <laughs> Here's another one. Today we did math, and this was a story problem. You remember those? If you have three kids and they're awake roughly 13 hours in a day and you're trying to work from home, how many times will you hear the word snack? Yeah. Quarantine day 11. My kids are playing outside, washing rocks from the landscape, and one of them is naked. Here's another one. Been homeschooling a six-year-old and an eight-year-old for one hour and 11 minutes. Teachers deserve to make a billion dollars a year, or maybe a billion dollars a week. Parents hang in there. Unusual times. God bless the teachers and all those who serve. This morning, to focus on the resurrection, I wanted to use a series of words. I'm just calling them resurrection words. They're from all four Gospels. Not all of them are repeated in every gospel, but in those four gospels, you will hear these kinds of words. The first group of words I want to call your attention to actually come from the angels. The angels encounter the disciples, Mary, and they say to her, why are you looking for the living? among the dead. Did you ever want to slap an angel? Really? Mr. Angel? Why am I looking for the living among the dead? Where else would I go? I watched him die. I watched him bleed. I was here when they buried him. Where else would I go? Of course, the angel meant something else. That didn't occur to her to begin with. Death can't hold him. Don't you remember the angel said? Don't you remember what he said? What he predicted that he would die? 
by the hands of human beings, he'd be crucified. And then three days later, he'd arise from the dead. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? The second word is just one word. The word is Mary. You remember the story of Mary. In this account, she was in the garden. She heard words from the angels. And then she turned. And she thought she saw in front of her the gardener. She said to the gardener, Please, just tell me where you've taken him. Just tell me, and I'll go take his body. The gardener, of course, as we know, was actually Jesus himself. She couldn't see him. And in that moment, he said, Mary? Mary? Mary, your sorrow overwhelms you. Look up. Mary, your grief is so deep you can't hear. Listen to me. Mary, listen. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. As always, I'm here. That's encouraging news, not just for Mary on that day. It's encouraging news because God knows our name. In Isaiah 49, he reminds those who are reading the prophecy of Isaiah. He says, God knows you. He's actually gotten your name inscribed upon his hand. God knows you. And even when your grief seems to obscure that reality, maybe you can't hear him, but he knows you. Maybe you can't hear him because of your doubt. Maybe you're like Thomas. Maybe your faith is weak. Just listen. He's calling your name. You know that voice. Perhaps it's faint now, because as a child it was clear, and now the worries of life have crowded it out, or the skepticism that you've encountered. But listen, he's calling your name. Maybe you can't hear him because fear is overwhelming you. He's calling your name. Maybe you can't hear him because you're just full of anger. You're angry at yourself. You're angry at others. Listen, he's calling your name. The second group of words I want to call your attention to are these. Go and tell. In three of the Gospels, in various ways, these words or the idea behind these words are given to the disciples. When the women first saw the empty tomb and heard from the angel that he had risen... They were told by the angel, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go and tell the others. 
Those others need to know they're wondering like you wondered before you arrived. You need to go and tell them. You need to remind them of the words that I spoke that have now become true. My prophecy is now in living color before you. Go tell them. I wish you were all here. I'd love to see your faces. You know why? Because I want to tell you again, he's risen. I want you to tell me again, he's risen. We have to tell one another over and over again, he's risen. In spite of our circumstances, he's risen. A few years uh, back, somewhere, I don't recall, but during Holy Week, I was shopping. I was trying to get some clothes. And I went up to the counter. And I was purchasing a shirt or a tie. And the guy behind the counter looked up at me. He goes, I know you. He is risen. And I said, He's risen indeed. I don't remember how he knew me. He didn't go to this church, but he knew who I was. And he said those words. And it was words that as a Christian, you can't help but respond to. He's risen. He's risen indeed. But there's another element of the go tell. It's not just tell the disciples. It's not just tell one another. It's not just remind one another of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's go and tell the world. You remember the Great Commission at the very end of the Gospel of Matthew. I want you to share this with everyone. And in other Gospels, it puts it like this. As the Father has sent me, so now I'm sending you. Go and tell. Go and share. Witness to the power of the resurrection. The third group, uh, fourth group of words I want to call your attention to are these words. Peace be with you. These words were spoken by Jesus. And it's so interesting into the situations that he spoke them. Remember the disciples were locked down behind closed doors, fearful? (laughs) Sounds familiar now, doesn't it? And Jesus entered the room in the midst of their fear and their lockdown. And he said, peace be with you. That same Jesus, when they rejoiced because he'd appeared and they realized he was alive, he used the same words, peace be with you. And when they had no faith, when they could hardly believe their eyes and thought maybe it was a ghost, he said in the face of their lack of faith, peace be with you. I know our lives are uprooted. The structure we once relied on is gone. The people we love to be with, apart from immediate family, They're separated from us. 
And as a matter of fact, in circumstances like these, it's only natural to be fearful. It's only natural to worry. It's only natural to feel like you're not doing the job. So maybe you feel like an inadequate mother. Perhaps you feel like, well, a horrible father or a grumpy husband or a nagging wife. Jesus' words are peace be with you. When you're afraid, Jesus says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. That means I'm the beginning and the end. And that beginning and that end is not just about the eternal nature of God, the Father and Christ, the Son and the Holy Spirit. That beginning and end that Jesus talks about is the great arms of God from the beginning to the end around all of us and closer and closer and closer to us until we hear the words, peace be with you. Don't be afraid. Right now, you may be, well, just lonely. And Jesus' words are, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm here with you. Peace be with you. Maybe you're tired. We're all, to a certain extent, caregivers. But some of you are really in the crosshairs of caregiving, especially healthcare professionals. And you're just exhausted. You're tired. Jesus says to you and to anyone else who's in that situation, come to me. All you who are weary and just laden down with burden. And I'll give you rest. Peace be with you. Maybe you say to yourself, I'm so worried. <laughs> I'm so worried. I feel like I can't even trust anymore. Jesus says, cast your cares upon me, for I care for you. Peace be with you. I want to remind you of something. These aren't just happy words. They're not just platitudes. They're there in the context of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. These words are grounded in a historical reality that Christ was raised, that he defeated death. And that because he lives, we also can live. Peace be with you. Amen.